1: Welcome Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of the Pewter Report podcast. Happy Friday to everybody. It is an emergency podcast as the Bucks are set to hire Liam Cohen as their new offensive coordinator. They have searched far and wide and they landed on someone that has coaching experience at the college level and at the NFL level. So we're going to break it all down on this emergency show. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place from PeterReport.com. SR, Scott Reynolds. And Scott, Liam Cohen, new offensive coordinator, your immediate reaction.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully he signs the contract because as it stands right now, he's not yeah. signed. So he's an expected hire, but... The team feels really good about it. He had a great interview with the team. The team, I think, had, had several good interviews. And whether it's Alex Van Pelt, or whether it was Brian Johnson, the former Eagles offensive coordinator, or Liam Cohen, the thing that separated these three candidates from the others is the play-calling experience. Yes. And I think that was important because as good of a job as Dave Canales did as a rookie play-caller, there was a learning curve that this For team sure. had to endure. Absolutely. So the hope is that with bringing on someone who's called plays at the college level and the NFL level, that Liam Cohen can hit the ground running and get this offense revved up. The good news is is I don't think that his system is going to be a vast departure from Dave Canales. Similar concepts, similar schemes, use of play action, the running game, I think there's going to be uh, some similarities there. It's, it's from that, that Sean McVay tree. That yes. that Shane Waldron brought to Seattle, that Dave Canales was influenced by in Seattle, and of course, when you look at at um, you know at Liam Cohen, spent several years in L.A. in a similar track that Dave Canales was up in Seattle, worked with the wide receivers, worked with the the quarterbacks under mm-hmm. Sean McVay, and uh, and had some really good ones to work with, right? Jared Goff before he was traded to. Um, uh, to Detroit, and then, and then of course uh, Matt Stafford, right? So he's he's had some experience um, in the passing game, and then he's also had play calling stints in college, at a couple spots, but most notably Kentucky this past season, and then also in 2021, he went back to the Rams in 2022, and he was he was originally going to be the replacement for. Kevin O'Connell, who was the Rams' offensive coordinator. Keep in mind that that Sean McVay calls the plays out there in L.A. So it, it was not a play-calling uh, situation. O'Connell got the job with the Vikings. And they were going to tab Liam Cohen to be the replacement offensive coordinator. But Cohen wanted to call plays. So he went to Kentucky for a year. And then he decided to come back when they offered him the offensive coordinator job. And then during that 2022 season, the season after the Rams won the Super Bowl, they were struck with injuries. Cooper Cup and and Matthew Stafford only played in nine games that year. And the, the scoring went from 27 points per game down to just 18. And part of the reason, of course, was you lose your, your Pro Bowl quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> and the, best the best receiver. Yeah. <laughs> in the game, that's going to happen, right? But the thing is this, in week 12, Sean McVay, wanting to get a, a bit of a jump start to, to the Rams' offense, gave up the play calling, and he turned those play calling duties over to Liam Cohen. And at that point in time, the offense actually saw an uptick in scoring. They, I think during those games, the final stretch, including a 51-point outburst against the Denver Broncos, Cohen's offense actually ticked up to about 19.8 points per game, so almost 20 points per game, a little bit of an increase there. And most notably, Matt, he worked with Baker Mayfield as well as John Wolford, both of those quarterbacks. Mayfield started four games, played in five. Wolford started three. So he has experience with Baker Mayfield and John Wolford. And Matt, I think that's going to be key when it comes to keeping Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay.
1: Oh, absolutely. I believe that the continuity standpoint of all of this is most important because like you talked about before, that connection to Sean McVay, but even on a larger note because of who was previously here for the Bucks, Shane Waldron, because Shane Waldron has that connection to Dave Canales and he has yep. that connection to Liam Cohen. So when Canales came in and implemented his offense a little bit, it wasn't all just Shane Waldron, but there's definitely his imprint on it. The same yeah. way that Cohen comes in, you'll have a little bit of Waldron, maybe a tiny bit of Canalis, and a splash of Sean McVeigh as well. And I think that's important, not just because of Baker Mayfield, but for the entire offense, for the people that'll be here, that, yes, you're learning a couple of different terminologies, a bit of a different play here and there, but it's still overall the same system. I don't think there's going to be as many growing pains this year as there was last season coming in with canals. And I absolutely love the fact that Liam Cohen has previously called plays um, at Kentucky and, and way back in the day. And it wasn't just with star studded guys. I mean, Scott, he's been coaching since 2010. Like he's been in it for quite a while. Began at Brown, went over to Rhode Island, Back to Brown, UMass, which is uh, his alma mater. He played college football yep. at UMass. It was roommates with Victor Cruz. So that's a fun little uh, fact for you. And coached at Maine before he kind of yep. went going back and forth between um, Kentucky and the Rams. So I love the experience that he has. And, yes, it does make it much more enticing for Baker Mayfield to return. But at the same time, if Baker ends up getting – a ginormous amount of money to a different team, and yeah. the Bucks just say, "Hey, we we can't match that. We can't pay that." I think the Bucks have set themselves up in a situation where Baker is the top quarterback priority, but yeah. the, all of their eggs are not just in the Baker basket because of Liam Cohen having worked with different quarterbacks, whether it's with the Rams or even just working with college quarterbacks, and I think that's really helpful with the Bucks that they yeah. really, um, you know tie their hands together and handcuff them from doing other things.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing with um, with Cohen uh, when he was at Kentucky the first time in 2021 he really helped Will Levis become that yes. NFL draft prospect, right? And then this year he worked with Dennis Leary who is probably a late day 3 guy played a lot at, at North Carolina State, had an up and down career there. Had an okay senior season and, again, probably a a late day three guy. I think he's probably more like a John Wolford than he is a starting caliber quarterback. But we'll see. We'll talk more about about his Kentucky connections. But the interesting thing, Matt, is is what Baker Mayfield had to say. Our own Adam Slavon is out there uh, fresh from just a couple hours sleep. We drove back late last night from the (laughs) Senior Bowl. And then uh, Adam hopped in a car, drove out to Orlando for the Pro Bowl games. Where he was able to catch up with Baker Mayfield and Tristan Wirfs, getting their thoughts on the uh, expected hire of of Liam Cohen as the Bucks' offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, let's get to uh, let's get to these videos. I think he's straightforward. Um, I, I love the system. Obviously, going to LA and then playing another game. I, I love how it's called. I love you know. The and how the run sets up the path and different things like that. So uh, there's a lot of different parts that um, you can give different there's, there's a different complex look to each of these things. But Liam's smart, how he works the approach. He's got he's got the mindset, of, he's a hard worker. Um, he's really passionate about it. That energy, guys, beat all that. And this next video, Baker talks a little bit more about. Um, his personality, Liam Cohen's yeah. personality. I'm talking about, and just the the overall process for the Bucks looking at different coordinators. And I don't know, Baker. Yesterday was dropping wheeze when talking about yeah. the Bucs, and how he's speaking today kind of sounds like Baker wants to be back. Yeah, I think
0: uh, out of all you know all the guys they interviewed, all the names I saw, a lot of good options. It's kind of hard. to I don't understand how that thought process goes, but obviously um, got to work with Liam in L.A., great guy, uh, really, really great guy. So if, if they lock that down for sure, it's a similar system, obviously the same system, just some different terminology and how he wants to call things. But um, yeah, and that, there's something to say about that with continuity with the offense, first, the skill guys, uh, the offensive line, you know, so it's, it's important to have them.
1: Pro Bowl really uh, blasting that music
0: yeah. in
1: the uh, in the background, and then Tristan Wirfs admittedly didn't know too much about Liam Cohen, Liam Cohen, but there was a nice little reunion between Tristan Wirfs and, and Baker Mayfield, and that's worth every moment of
0: this video. Yeah, like two days later, you the only one like,
1: in Orlando. what's in Orlando? I was like, oh my god, See, here he is. here, here, here he is, here he
0: is. Here he is. Here's my big friend. Yeah, so no, that was that was sick. That was really cool. The game left? Not to really um, I have to look him up on Twitter or something. Um, but no, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to get to know him. And um, I don't know if, if anything's confirmed yet or, or what, but um, you know, whatever happens, happens. And uh, I'm excited.
1: And then, uh, as Scott mentioned, our very own uh, investigative reporter, yeah. Adam Slavon, uh, not just talking to box players, got a hold of uh, Kyron Williams, who was a running back with the Rams and obviously got to play with Liam Cohen for a little bit as well. Williams gave Adam the uh, the down low of what Liam Cohen is, is going to bring come to Tampa Bay because remember Baker was only there for a little over a month. so Williams yeah. got a whole season. With Expected to be the Bucks' offensive coordinator, Uh what can you say about Liam and like his system
0: and what he brings? Um, I think he brings a very good system. You know, I think he um, has a really good grasp about the run game and how they can improve the run game. Um, and I feel like that's what he's going to do for the uh, the Bucks and that offense. And obviously, he's a great person as a uh, as a person, even as a coach. You know, he's a person who loves ball and you know loves his players. So I definitely you know expect the best from him. It's schematical, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of how Coach McVay does it. it everything looks the same, you know. Um, being able to everything looks the same for the defense, but you know we'll be able to present different pictures, different runs, but in the same formation, same um, alignment. So it's just stuff like that. You have know, to make the defense think more. Yeah, here's uh, Kieran, but with a, a good uh, point here. If he brings University of Kentucky's O-line coach to Tampa with him, then I'll see this as a great hire already, even before the Baker links. Uh, What are your thoughts on that, Matt? That's something that you kind of posed to us in the Peter Report group chat this morning. You've done some um, some research on that.
1: Yeah, I did. Um, His name is Zach uh, Yenzer. Zach Yenzer. He's been he's actually originally from Kentucky. um, Coached around a little bit with Kansas, with Kentucky, and then from 2019 to 2021, he was the offensive line coach with the San Francisco 49ers. So Yenzer does have experience coaching in the NFL. And if you recall, 49ers were still a pretty damn good team at that moment. Uh, They did go to the Super Bowl and unfortunately lost to the Chiefs. They'll have an opportunity next Sunday to try to get some revenge. But the Kentucky offensive line program um, has been well-respected for quite a while. Even before Yenzer had gotten there, they had a very infamous coach that unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. But a lot of the times... You know, you'll get the Will Levis and, and the Mike Edwards of, of the Kentucky football program, but a lot of the times it's those offensive linemen, the Hogs up front yep. that are uh, the ones getting a lot of attention with players trying to go to the next level. And we all know the, the name of the deal for the Bucks offense going into the season. It's re-sign Baker Mayfield. It's re-sign right. Mike Evans and improve that running game. Because as we talked yep. about, the past couple of weeks and and this week as well, dead last in the running game for two years in a row. Of course is bad, but it's even more steaming, man, for someone like Todd Bowles that really, really wants to (laughs) run the the ball. (laughs) You got a pivotal running back in Rashad White, and now presumably with Liam Cohen coming in, there's a Kentucky prospect this year that maybe becomes even more of a fit for yeah. the Buccaneers in Ray Davis, who made an incredible one-handed catch um, during the senior bowl. So could be another little piece that is coming to Tampa Bay this year.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right about Ray Davis. Uh, Craig Carr, just to clarify here, uh, Carr says he didn't call plays as the offensive coordinator with the Rams. He did. Uh, Sean McVay, uh, seated play-calling duties in Week 12. So in from Weeks 13 through 18, those games, and and those were the games that Baker Mayfield started at quarterback, mind you. Um, Liam Cohen was the offensive coordinator and play-caller for the Rams. And now McBay took those play-calling duties back in 2023, and that's what prompted Cohen to go back to Kentucky because he wanted to continue to call plays. So that's the reason why he left. And then he came back to work with the Rams one more time with McVay. After working with Will Levis in Kentucky for a year, he got the opportunity to call plays at the NFL level for those remaining games. Again, threw up a 51 point game against the Denver Broncos late in the season. And, um, but then wanted to continue to call plays. That's why he went back to Kentucky. And, and as you mentioned, uh, worked with with Ray Davis, who we just got back from the Senior Bowl, and he was one of the standouts. I thought he had uh, yeah. some some really good, you know, uh, ability to catch the ball. Thirty three catches at Kentucky. He had, I think, he averaged nine point eight yards per catch. Scored seven touchdowns as a receiver, yeah, and also added fourteen touchdowns on the ground in rushing for over thousand yards. This was his first year in Kentucky. He previously played at at uh, Temple as well as Vanderbilt. Very good, compactly built back that can do it all. He's a first, second, and third down guy. He would be a great complimentary runner to Rashad White. And this is a guy that, that Matt, myself, Josh, Bailey, and and Adam had our eye on in Mobile. And I thought he was one of the better backs there. And as you said, Matt made a fantastic one handed catch of one on ones.
1: Yeah. Went to the we, ground. You know what, Scott, we actually have that video. Why don't we play it so Let's all play. the better people can, uh, can see it? This. There's a second half with another player, but I could just cut that short. That is a flashy, flashy play. I'll play it one more time just in case someone looked away for a moment. Yeah, there is a lot to like about Ray Davis. Just watching some of his highlight tape one of the things I enjoy the most is that he's not afraid to lower the shoulder. You know, there are some yes. running backs that are just, they'll, they'll go down before getting hit and, and try to avoid the contact or go out of bounds. He kind of looks for the contact, which, which I admire. And I would love for the bucks running game, even if it's not Ray Davis, I I would like for a little bit of a thunder and lightning type of approach with, yeah. um with, with the bucks run game or, or just, something a little bit different than Rashad White because Rashad and we really liked him and everything Yeah, a little bit more of uh like smoothness and glider and things like that. I think the Bucks got a little more hard nose, a little more physicality or someone that's just so electric with their speed that even it's different and a compliment yeah. to Rashad White um, and Ray Davis, obviously, can kind of bring a little bit more of that physicality that I yep. think this Bucks run game needs.
0: Yeah, he's about 5'9", 215 pounds. He's, he's a... a, a ask, ask the Florida Gators how good he is. He went for over yeah. 200 yards against them. <laughs> Long Lost laser says, this guy is the only man possible to tank a McVay offense. Every year, McVay ranks top 10 except 2022 when Liam Cohen was the offensive coordinator. They ranked 32, dead last in offense in McVay's worst year, 5-12. and 12. Not good. Uh, a couple of things about this. There was a Super Bowl hangover okay, with the Rams. There absolutely was. And guess what? It happened here in Tampa. I saw it firsthand in 2003. Didn't quite happen for the Buccaneers this time around because I think they had a more veteran team. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, all those guys. They tried to run it back in 2021. And, um, and, and were successful, I think, in really avoiding the Super Bowl hangover. Yeah. But I saw it firsthand with... Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, um, Brad Johnson, all those guys that won the Super Bowl in 2002, Simeon Rice, they were still seeing confetti fall into the 2003 season. They lost their focus, and I think the Rams did the exact same thing. Plus, when you consider that Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, which were two huge components to getting the Rams into the Super Bowl and winning it, were lost for half the season. I think you have to consider that as well. So uh, this is not like a, a thing where Stafford and, and Cup played the whole year and played poorly. They only played half the year. They played John Wolford, a quarterback, for three games. They played Baker Mayfield for four. So that's seven starts right there. Uh, guys not named Matt Stafford. So I think you have to take that in consideration as well. And again, the points actually increased once McVeigh gave up the play-calling duties and turned it over to to, um, uh, Liam Cohen. The funny thing is I I keep wanting to call him a different name, and it's going to take me uh, almost like when Ryan... And Neal signed with the Bucks, and this team just had Keanu Neal yeah. and Logan Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, you know, you have to kind of, like, get those guys out of your head. I've had to get Liam Neeson out of my head because he's, like, the number one Liam in my world. He has yeah, a well, special set of skills.
1: Well, exactly. Well, <laughs> that's what I was going to say is I hope uh, Liam Cohen has a special set of skills, which is scoring a lot of points and scoring yes. a lot of touchdowns with the uh, Buccaneers offense. But yeah, Scott, I, 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 I agree with everything that you said. I mean, obviously it, it's factual. It's not even agreeing or not, but context is super important when it comes to looking at the record of the Rams, when he was OC, looking at who was calling the plays and yep. really on top of everything else, who was available? Because if you don't have Cooper cup and you don't have Matt Stafford and, you know, you're down to a quarterback that just showed up 48 hours ago, which you won with, by yeah, the way, right. I don't know how many coordinators across the league would have really been able to um succeed in, in that type of situation.
0: Yeah. And-, well, and and also too, to to point out, when you look at the fact that Kevin O'Connell was was the offensive coordinator during the Super Bowl year. Again, Sean McVay calls the plays, right? But yeah. but Kevin O'Connell was that that top offensive assistant in that he left, right? And, and for the 2022 season and even though there was some familiarity and and some continuity with with cohen working with the receivers and the quarterbacks as an assistant capacity he was also in a new role when he came back in 2022 with different responsibilities taking over for kevin o'connell that year so there, there is a little bit of, of context that needs to be added here again uh he has called plays. He's further ahead in the game than Dave Canales was. And I think that's what excites the Buccaneers. Talk to some people over there at the front office. They're very excited uh, about this potential hire, just trying to get him under contract now.
1: And I think what's really important for Bucks fans in general, because there's going to be some people that like this. There's going to be some people that kind of hate it. And I'm not telling you how to think one way or another. Yeah. All I'll say is is last year they hired Dave Canales. He wasn't very well known, at least in the Northeast and, and the South, really just the East Coast in general, because he was he was in the Pacific Northwest for quite a while. And let's remember, the Bucks were predicted to be dead last, number one overall pick, six yeah. and a half wins, and they highly exceeded expectations. All I'm saying is you're bringing in this coach who has a similar type of offense, who yeah. worked with Baker Mayfield,
0: Let's he's, worked, all, he's worked under Sean McVay for years? He's
1: worked for Sean McVay. Let's all try to have somewhat of an open mind before we just say this is going to fail. Yeah, we can point to reasons why this may fa- fail, but we can also point to reasons of why this may succeed, and the, the team could compete to win the division again. I yeah. just think it's important. We can't just write off anyone one way or another just because of of preconceived notions about. Uh, this, this offensive coordinator.
0: Yeah. And I think the thing, too, that's important to realize is, is some of the guys they went with that were in the NFL recently, right? We're talking about Alex Van Pelt. We're talking about Brian uh, Johnson from the Eagles. Is, you know, they, they had just come off of being with teams here in the NFL. Yeah. And, and I think that maybe there was uh, initially a little bit of, well, I mean, would Liam Cohen even be interested in the job? Because he was at Kentucky. As he was at the Rams, then went to Kentucky, then, you know, back to the Rams for a year and then still wanted to call plays. And so he went to back to college, you know, this heart lie in college. Does it, does he have asp- aspirations to return to the NFL? Yeah, Maybe that wasn't really realized until later this week when they were again, casting a wide net. They interviewed a couple guys in house Dad Lewis, the quarterbacks coach, John Van Dam, the tight ends coach. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of other, uh, guys that, that don't have play-calling experience. Um, you know, Jake Peets is one. Uh, Tyler Engstad is another. So th- they, they wanted to kind of get a wide array of, of candidates in the building for interviews, and, and they did just that, even Ant- Antoine randall the Lions receivers coach. So and I think they were pleasantly surprised to hear that Liam Cohen was interested to interview and interested in coming back to the NFL because he wants to call plays at this level. And this is an opportunity for him to do so.
1: And for all we know, he could be looking at what happened with Dave Canales last year. You get an opportunity to be an offensive coordinator and call the plays. You do a good job. And then you become the head coach of another team next season. I mean, there is kind of a model and formula for that right now. And, Speaking of Dave Canales, we got a uh, super chat from LDBC's Most Wanted. Thank you very much, uh, LDBC, for the $1.99, ninety-nine. Who says? beautiful yeah. report over or under three and a half years for head coach Whew. Dave Canales. I'm. I'll start with this one. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with the over because oh, wow.
0: okay.
1: he got signed to a six-year deal. Correct. Yeah. So you got you got to give him at least. The first two years to try to like turn things around. Yeah. You already had a terrible team that had what two wins last season. Right. You could only pretty. I mean, unless you lose every game, which I don't foresee yeah. that happening, or you go one win, you could really only go up from there. And I think David Tepper, with you know the explosiveness that he had, throwing the drink, and all all the different things that's already gone on during his tenure as the owner of the Carolina Panthers, I think he's kind of learned. Or at least for his sake, I hope he's kind of learned that you gotta let it play out a little bit more. You yeah. gotta have a little more patience when it comes to it. There was even a video the other day when Canales got hired and it was like, "Hey, Mister Tepper, like, you wanna you wanna talk? You wanna do some questions?" And he was like, "No, nah, I'm in the background on this one." So yeah, maybe he's learning it in that sense. So that's why I think Canales at least gets the four years. So I'm taking the over.
0: Yeah, um, yeah for Dave's sake, I would take the over. For Tepper's sake, I would take the under. I just think that he has shown a track record of impatience. And I I love Dave and hope he does a very good job in Carolina, not too good of a job, and certainly not against the Buccaneers. Don't mind the uh, Carolina Panthers getting swept each year by Tampa Bay. But um, having said that, I I just got a feeling because there's so much Building and development that needs to go on in Carolina. The roster is, is just not good. It's going to take some time. You only have so many draft picks, right? And and he's not going to have a first round pick this year. He's not going to have a second round pick next year because of the trade up to get Bryce Young. Right. Those are, those are two starters he's already going to be missing that he just won't have. So, having said that, because of Tepper, I, I I think Canales might be setting the table for the next head coach, and it's you know, it, and we'll see. Um, I hope hope I'm wrong for Dave's sake, but. That's just kind of what I'm thinking. King Cook says, um, let's see here. There we go. I'm so sick of these mediocre signings, man. Another overhyped canals 2.0. Well, um, all I can say is, who would you prefer, King Cook? There's not, There was not a lot of great candidates out there to begin with, yeah. right? So the pool wasn't exactly deep, and at the same time, Matt LaFleur had to start somewhere as a play caller. Sean Fay had to start somewhere as a play caller. Mike McDaniels had to start somewhere as a play caller. Zach Taylor, you can go down the list of, of the bright, young offensive minds. they got to start calling plays somewhere at some point in time. And they were all rookie play callers you know, at, at one particular stop. Whether it was as a head coach, right, like Mike McDaniel's, or whether it is as a coordinator first, uh, like O'Connell, and then you get a head coaching job, then you're calling plays. So I I don't know who you were had your heart set on, or who you were thinking, but um, I I think out of the candidates that they interviewed, the only other guy that I, I thought would have been just as good of a fit would have been Alex Van Pelt, and he I think opted to go for the Patriots. So, and part of it is. Is you got to keep in mind, Todd Bowles in NFL circles may not be on the hot seat, but he is perhaps not on solid ground. He's 17 and 17 as a head coach with a one and two record in the postseason. Okay. So he's won two division championships in the worst division in football. He gets credit for that. But as John Gruden would say, you are what your record says you are 17 and 17, one and two. Not knocking Todd, that's just that's just the facts so if you're zach robinson right and you go from the rams where he was the offensive coordinator to the the falcons with raheem morris well you just witnessed arthur blank give three years of mediocrity to arthur smith he got three years to go seven and seven or seven and ten seven and ten seven and ten right so you have to think Raheem Morris is at least going to have three years to prove that he can do better than right. seven and 10. Well, how many years is Ty Bowles going to have here? Can you or I, or anybody say he's definitely going to be the Bucks head coach for the next three years? No. Listen, as an offensive assistant, as a play caller, as an assistant coach, whatever you want continuity. You don't have to uproot your family every other year and, and go around the country. I mean, they have lives, they have families, they have careers. So, When you look at Gerard Mayo just getting started up in New England and you look at Raheem Morris just getting started in Atlanta, those head coaches actually have better job security than Todd Bowles does in Tampa. And I think that may have been a reason why you look at at Joe Gilbert and Harold Goodwin possibly leaving, going to Carolina and saying, wow, if Todd Bowles has a bad season, let's say they win five games this year, probably going to be fired. And and then I'm looking for a new job. So you have to consider some of, of, of the periphery as well when yeah. it comes to some of these hires.
1: Like it's not Madden. It's not just like, oh, hey, like this person can go here. And then, all right, uh, I'm done doing this. I'll, I'll shut the game off. Like there are other effects that everybody has to um, to deal with. So that's a really good point. Uh, thanks to Paul, a.k.a. Florida Dreamhouse for the $2 super chat, who says Celebrity Super Chat for Liam Cohen. Promising move. Yeah, I think promising is, is a good is a good word because we don't totally know that he's going to to pan out he very much could fail but he very much could exceed expectations and be better than what dave canales was last year and specifically with baker mayfield and there's a little bit of an advantage for cohen because if baker comes back and mike evans comes back it's year two in a similar offense with more chemistry than um obviously they had the year before so i think promising yeah. is a good word and Thanks again to LDBC is most wanted for a 499 super chat. Who says, How big will it be for this team if the 2023 draft class can continue to develop? see Yaya, Palmer, Malk, Izzyan can help keep bowls past 2024. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, see and Yaya, we've talked about kind of being like a uh, sap and simeon rice type of situation, not comparing those two players yeah. to the Hall of Famer and close level hall of famer okay. trey palmer i think if he like can truly become what his ceiling is is a great fit in this offense i mean you saw some of the sprinkles of it in that playoff game against the eagles with the catch and run yep. obviously Mal with the offensive line really solidifying that interior which was a weakness of uh, of the unit last year but look at the jump luke getticky made in year that's see. right to say that Cody Malk, uh, can't do that. And yeah, Izzyan as well is super important. So their development, I, I think can be gigantic for the Bucks yeah. moving forward.
0: And, and there's some talk too with and that he may get a look at strong safety, right? Cause he's built like Jordan Whitehead, right? Yes, he's, he is. he's only five, eight and a half or so, but he's rocked up. I mean, this guy's not allergic to the weight room, right? He's big and, uh, and fast. He ran a four, four, one, he can cover. He's good in the box. We know that he's got, you know, years worth of experience in the NFL playing slot. But if you go back and look at his tape at Rutgers, he lined up um, almost, you know, as, as a slot about a third of the time, free safety, uh, a third of the time, and also the box as well. So he can play a multitude of positions. He's a little bit of a chess piece because of his versatility. And um, and maybe he's better suited at strong safety. But he's a candidate if the Bucs don't come away with a strong safety. In free agency, it's not going to be Jordan Whitehead because their money is going to be spent on re-signing their own guys. And the price tag for Baker Mayfield, I think, is going up, by the way. Um, so, yeah. we will see. Patrick has got a good uh, question here. Is Todd Bowles perpetually on the hot seat? Uh, no, he's not on the hot seat. If he can continue to ascend, he he will. And I don't think he's on the hot seat, per se, but I, I think he, he can't afford to take a step back. I think he's got to continue to maintain and build. Yeah. And I think that's with most coaches, but what you don't want to do is become stagnant and stale. You don't want to be the next Ron Rivera or the next Jeff Fisher, where you're constantly hovering around 500, right? And in this division, guess what? You might win the division, okay? Right. If some of these teams rise up, and hopefully it's Tampa Bay, hopefully the Bucs take the next step and get to 10 wins, 11 wins, 12 wins in the regular season, right? Like with the the Rams or with the, uh, the Lions did. This past year, going from nine and eight and missing the playoffs in twenty twenty-two, mm-hmm. Matt, to going twelve and five and winning the division and really becoming that team, that team in the NFC North. I think that's what the Bucks, the Lasers, Jason Light want to see. And what Todd Bowles wants is yeah. to become that team in the NFC North and not have to win the division in week seventeen, like they did it with Tom Brady in week eighteen, like they did with Baker Mayfield.
1: Of course. And the ace in the hole for Bowles for the past two years, even specifically this most recent season, was getting to that second round of the playoffs, or at least winning the division, having a playoff game, his first year as coach and his second year as Bucks coach, getting to that second round. So you, you can point to something that uh, he did well and, and found some success. But eventually, if that runs out and you either miss the playoffs or you don't win the division and you, you have a road wild card game and and that doesn't work well, then you're kind of back to square one uh, a little bit with Todd Bowles. So, yeah, he definitely needs to step up with his record as a head coach because it's baby steps right now eight and nine, nine and eight. Um, 10 and seven would look a little bit better, double digit wins on the season. But, yeah, I, I think you're spot on with he's definitely not on the hot seat. But if they start out 0 and 3, 1 and 4, um, he's definitely going to have a hot plate in front of him that could eventually morph itself um, into a seat. There's not much margin for error for Todd Bowles.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, just like when you're, I don't know, really tired from driving all night, coming back from Mobile, Alabama, and you wake up the first thing in the morning and you see that the Buccaneers uh, have closed in on an offensive uh, coordinator candidate, uh, not Liam Neeson, Liam Cohen from the Rams, well, I don't know about you, Matt, but the first thing I did this morning was I, I went and I grabbed uh, a can of Celsius Essentials.
1: Oh, yeah. Love the Celsius Essentials. We had them all week in Mobile, Alabama. Celsius helped us uh, get home. Uh, I know I had it uh, on the drive home from Mobile last night. Um, but the Celsius Essentials, their newest flavors. Check out the Dragonberry or the Blue Cross or the Orange as well. Um, awesome flavors 275 milligrams of caffeine no sugar they are the elite level energy drinks to help get you your best physical and cognitive performances if you want to try out the celsius essentials you can get them anywhere at 7-eleven they are out nationwide you can get the variety pack at walmart and uh they're coming to amazon soon enough of course if you need to find any celsius whether it's the essentials or some of the old-school flavors, the sparkling orange, sparkling lemon lime, Arctic Vibe. Go to the Celsius store locator on their website. Punch in your address. And it'll tell you the closest location where you can find one. Maybe it's a convenience store, a health and fitness store, or your bodega.
0: Bodega.
1: And once you go into your bodega and you know you want more, get that variety pack. Head on over to Amazon. Get the variety pack of the variety is the spice of life. Click on the subscribe and save. Have it sent to your residence whenever you want. Could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official energy drinks of the Pewter Report podcast. We're going to have to get Liam Cohen. Yeah. Um, Now I was about to say Liam Neeson. (laughs) We're going to have to get Liam Cohen on uh, on Celsius.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, matter of fact, I when I went to Walgreens to grab some more Celsius, I ran into Derek, the Celsius rep, the That's local right. Mobile rep there. And he gave me the new Celsius Essentials Dragonberry, which we tried, which was amazing. So Celsius, don't have to keep doing it, but they do. More awesome flavors. Uh, start your day or, or power your day. Sometimes you might need that Celsius in the afternoon. Um, we had some very, very long days. In Mobile, Alabama, covering the Bucks while we are also covering practice, yeah, <laughs> getting a, a good read on on some of these guys. And the interesting thing is, is, is like we said on the beginning of the show. And if you missed Baker Mayfield or Tristan Wirfs comments, or even uh, Kyron Williams, the Rams running backs' comments about Liam Cohen, make sure that you go back and watch the first couple minutes of the podcast because they were they were quite good. But uh, one of the uh, the the other Kentucky player that was there at the uh, game was uh, uh, Trevin Wallace. And he's, I think, was one of the, the fastest linebackers in Mobile. And he's someone I'm going to have to go back and do some work on. I thought he had a solid week. I don't think it was spectacular. But when you look at the fact that, that Liam Cohen met, not only did he coach Ray Davis and... Devin Leary, the quarterback. there were also some kind of other Kentucky wildcats that'll be draft eligible players uh, on that squad as well. and uh, Trevin Wallace, the linebacker was was one of them. But then the other thing is is this is a guy that that was at Kentucky in twenty twenty one as well as twenty twenty three. And so he's got a working understanding of the defensive players, right? We just saw Darius Robinson from Missouri defensive lineman. Well, guess what? Kentucky played Missouri twice. Mm -hmm. And he's also played Georgia and Alabama and Florida and Tennessee. And so there's a lot of these SEC defensive players in this year's draft that he's either had one or two looks at game planning against. So he can be a wealth of firsthand information, for the Bucs scouting department as they're setting their draft board and doing some prospect evaluations, right? I mean, it's one thing to to watch guys on tape. It's another thing to have to game plan against them and then watch them go against your offense and give you fits maybe for three hours on a given Saturday, or maybe you took advantage of some of those SEC defensive players and whooped them pretty good. And you say, Hey, well, we really had our way with this guy. You know, you, you, have him higher than maybe I would have him and going up against him as an offensive coordinator. So good timing for this particular signing coming from the college ranks, because I think he can help the Bucs scouting department a little bit. And there's some of their evaluations.
1: That's very true. And maybe also he can give Todd Bowles the secret formula to stopping Jared Goff because
0: Todd <laughs> Bowles has true. not been able to do that either. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, so I think the thing right now really for, um, for, for Liam, Cohen, are first of all, he's got to sign the contract. Yes. Uh, we still have not heard word that he has officially been signed, but uh, all indications are that that he is the guy. He interviewed for the job, and uh, I think it's just coming down to getting his uh, name on the, uh, the paper in terms of, of getting that contract. Uh, signed, sealed, and delivered, hopefully doing that today. I think the biggest thing that he needs, if that's the case, is probably uh, start looking for a home here in Tampa with real estate. And I've got one name I can offer up in terms of uh, a good resource for me. And that's Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Uh, folks, you're not going to find somebody that has more knowledge about the Tampa area than this Tampa native. Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group, well, they're based here in Tampa. And Eric's father was stationed at MacDill Air Force Base. He and his team have got the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, the commitment to excellent service that sets them apart. And it's not just looking for a house. You're looking for a home. That means the right community. That means trying to find a place that fits all of your needs for you and your family, whether it's the school system, whether it's, it's access to highways, whether it's shopping centers and restaurants nearby. And that's where Eric and his team can come in. Their clients are not just transactions or lifelong friends. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home, keep you out of the game. Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Check out their website, housesinfla.com, or give Eric a call at 513-907-4271. That's housesinfla.com. Check out the inventory. Check out their listings for uh, their latest open houses, too. No matter where you are on your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Pewter Report. And again, visit houses in FLA.com
1: very exciting stuff on a Friday for the Buccaneers yeah presumably new offensive uh, head coach coming in Baker Mayfield and Tristan Wirfs at the Pro Bowl some content coming out from that they got the Pro Bowl games this weekend as yeah. well and obviously a lot more to come from And we got, um, we got
0: the Senior Bowl tomorrow as well so we've yeah, got Senior Bowl game as well yeah we've got uh, two events to cover the pro bowl as well as the senior bowl and uh, we've got a ton of content i'm going to be finishing up my fat 5 which was supposed to go up this morning but we had breaking news instead and did this podcast and a couple stories for you and as well as getting some video clips from adam Slovan out there live in orlando so It's been a busy morning here at Peter Report. We really appreciate you joining us during your lunch hour. And great,
1: prompted, you know. We uh, just said, all right, we're doing this.
0: And great for you that you could skip some work and uh, and have to take this important call and check out uh, the Peter Report podcast during your lunch hour. So, as always, appreciate you, Peter people. We'll be be back next um, Monday at 4 o'clock for our usual time.
1: Of course. And in the meantime, please follow us on all of our social media on X, Instagram, Facebook, and threads at Pewter Report. And our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. Got tons of content, got a reaction video already, this podcast, um, and a lot of other great stuff. So that's going to do it for us on this uh, emergency podcast, as I like Rice Bish says as well. And yeah, please like and subscribe. Leave a comment as well. Whether or not you like the uh, the move by the Bucks, let us know. We love uh, seeing your opinion. So that's going to do it for us. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you on Monday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast.
0: Out. Out. Enjoy your weekend.